0: Hello, Bears fans, and welcome to another edition of the Bears on Tap podcast. I am Ron Luce. I am joined by the Juice Man. You've probably heard this combination before if you listen to other shows here at On Tap Sportsnet, specifically Cubs. Uh, We are the Juice and the Show. But on occasion, you get us on the Bears show as well. We're doing double duty tonight. Uh, Our boy Q could not join us, unfortunately, this evening, but he will be back next week. For our regularly scheduled programming We're coming to you live on a Wednesday evening A little different this week uh, As we get prepped for the holidays And as well as we get prepped um, Really just for life in general at this time of the year But before we talk all things Chicago Bears football Mr. Juice man How you doing, sir? Good, they
1: did what they needed to do on Thursday Which was nice Um, But I'm still searching And I have a question for you, Ron I'm going to start this whole show out with a question for you and a question for anybody who's listening. Realistically, when was the last time the Bears won a football game and you felt like, awesome, they won a football game? Because I, I can't remember it. Oh, fuck. Um... Like, truly impressed. And these are the guidelines you have to meet. Truly impressed. The win meant something. And it was an actual building block of something where you could yeah. you know,
0: cement that In the future, we're moving in the right direction. I was going to say, because I I can think of quite a few wins over the last few years that fit like one or two of those criteria. I think the Washington game this year – it's certainly one of them. Like that was an impressive win. Uh, they took it to the commanders on short week, you know, got the job done. Fields looked great. DJ Moore looked like a superstar. Um, great week. Right. I mean, I think we've had a couple of those this season. I think the Raiders game was another one of those. Just that was a good victory for the Bears. You know, it was, you know, Bajan coming in. They, they had a perfect game plan, run the ball hard, play good defense. But yeah, man. I mean, you're probably thinking back to, like, 2018, realistically, Isn't that right? Isn't so
1: freaking sad?
0: It's it's so bad. <laughs> it is so bad. Maybe, 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 like, 2020, because they were kind of hanging around the playoff picture that year, maybe. But realistically, yeah, you're probably talking 2018, at least to fit all three of your criteria there, uh, for categorizing the win as, like, a truly, like, feeling good about a Bears win.
1: And that's the thing, man. Like, they won games – and I sit at the end of these wins and I go, A, are they closer to winning a championship? And these Tyson Bajent wins, they're it's a great story. Don't get me oh, yeah. wrong. It's cool that you know that the Bears can find a quarterback in the draft that's a backup. That's tough to find. Look around the league. The league is riddled with bad backup quarterbacks. And Tyson Bajant yeah. is serviceable. Yeah. But man, you look at these wins and it's like do you ever like truly feel like hell? Yeah, the Bears won. I mean, maybe this week because they did what they needed to do. Yeah, because of the pick. But like, man, it's just it's just tank wins. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm looking for a real win within within the the franchise. Man, I feel confident that we're going in the right direction. It's been so damn long since that's happened.
0: Yeah, it has. It has felt long. And, and, and kind of while we're on the topic, too, I think of Thursday's win, it, it, you know, there were elements, I think, of Thursday's win that were refreshing. I will say that, especially being in attendance. First off, a uh, big shout out. I know the NFL does everything from a production standpoint. Well, it's the biggest league in the world outside of, you know, Premier League soccer, effectively, at this point. Even then, you could probably make the argument that it's close. They did a great job with it being Veterans Day weekend. Every bears, every person entering the stadium got a really cool. I should have brought it with me down here. Stupid me. Um, the really cool, like digital camo blue, like bears rally towel. Of course, it's got the, it's got the best logo that the team has. Well, actually, this is, in my humble opinion, the best logo they have, but the best logo that they actually display on things in the bear head, and it should be on the field and it should be on the orange helmets, and I'm gonna die on that hill. But It had those on it. Like, it was a great atmosphere for a Thursday night. I I ended up realizing that, like, 17 people I knew were at the game because I think a lot of people were just getting rid of the tickets, right? People coming in from out of town. It's hard to go on a a weeknight. Juice, I think you can attest to that, obviously. So, uh, it was a great atmosphere. It really was. And the Bears, I mean, the Bears faithful came to play, as they always do. Uh, Granted, we almost said two Bears fans get into a fight like three rows in front of us, which was fine. Sounds about right. Got we got El Prez, Mr. Tony Marchese, out to the to the game with me on Thursday. That was a good time. He was mad at me because he missed the four point performance from Connor Bedard. Uh, which there'll be well, plenty of those,
1: though.
0: Yeah, thank thank God because the Bears don't have a Connor Bedard right now, right? They 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 don't, but like you said, I, I think this was an impressive win because they took it to the Panthers, they kept them you know effectively in a top two draft spot right now, especially, and thank you to Kyler Murray and the Cardinals for uh, getting a dub over the course of the weekend. Cause that really helped the bears stake then with that pick you know but there there were some flashes juice i will admit that i was excited about i still i i, I still think it's absolute blasphemy that deonta foreman wasn't active for like the first 5 weeks of the season i think it's stupid it seems like every time he comes into a game he just he's the perfect running back that just gets the job done he's not flashy he's not this big name but he just does what he's asked to do and he does it well He did that again on Thursday night. The defense stepped up. Montez Sweat looks like he's worth every bit of that $98 million that they paid him on the extension. Yeah, he didn't get a sack, but I'll tell you what, he had Bryce Young running for his fucking life on more occasions than one. And again, I I think that was refreshing, Juice, especially as a a franchise that has built themselves on the idea of being a stout defensive football team. It's nice to see that they have a fucking pass rush again. And again, because even if Montez Sweat isn't getting to the quarterback, for a team that only has, what, 16 sacks in total or 13 sacks in total this year, the Bears do, I think it's 13. 13 sacks in total. Three of those came on Thursday night. Jones got one. Uh, I think Ngakwe got one. And um, I don't even remember who the other guy was that got one. But, oh, uh, Green. Green got one as well. And it just it made a difference having that elite defensive end on the field like a Montez Sweat and that was nice juice so to your point right like a, a win that meant something like this one was good like that's cool we like to see that the defense as a whole i think played fairly well for the most part but again the offense left a lot to be desired the tyson bajon show is nothing special it's he missed what you can't see on tv and this is kind of the benefit of being at the games mm-hmm. he missed a lot of wide open guys downfield that he just oh, yeah he got trigger shy. He didn't want to pull the trigger. Tyler Scott had a couple of opportunities for big plays down the field. I think DJ Moore had one or two as well. And again, it was the it was the check-down game, but it got the job done for what they needed. And we're going to talk about why that's going to be different this week here in a minute, Juice. But Juice, do you agree like at least from Thursday night's game is that what you gather in terms of like the the positive takeaways overall?
1: I give it like level 1 beginner level Bears football, right? Our whole lives, it's been run the football, run the football, run the football, play good defense,
0: play play good defense, and have right. a kicker that can make field goals.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but that's but that's what we saw, right? They were yeah. yeah. they, they were no break. Yeah, st- are starting since Montez sweat got here to get to the quarterback, mm-hmm. and like you said, they've they have a guy in Foreman who runs physical, who can run between the tackles. You can rely on you know short yardage situations for him to put his head down and you know get that one needed yard. And I feel like the Bears, for as much as we love seeing these quick backs, right, like your, your Coens, your your Homers, these guys who in space are a problem to bring down, they've just missed that in-between-the-tackles runner. Mm-hmm. And Montgomery was – that's why I felt like letting Montgomery run and go was just such a a huge miss for this team because their identity – should be with a guy even like Justin Fields, run the football, you know, option and then go downfield when you need to stretch Mm -hmm. them deep and then get back to what you do. You're comfortable with, and that's running the football. And I know it's not sexy, but you know what? Look around the league. There's a lot of bad quarterback play going on right now. There's a lot of bad play in general. I think the NFL, Realistically, only has three or four teams that I would call per se Super Bowl contenders. Guys, yeah. you feel really confident in and in, in winning their their divisions and going deep into the playoffs. And then there's a lot of these middling teams that, like, if you're able to run the football, you can pile up a lot of wins and play some defense. There's not, there's the Bears are bad, yeah, but with how bad the league is, it still seems like they're not so far away. And I know it's not going to be sexy to be like yeah, man, I want to see – we all want to see Justin Fields go for 300 yards every week. We do. But Mm -hmm. at some point, you got to stop, like, square peg round hole in this thing and go, what's best for him, what's best for us to win football games may just be tailoring the offense where he runs more, getting the ball into DJ Moore's hands quicker, running the football and playing that smash mouth because we're about to talk about in a minute. This is going to be the first time we're going to see this offensive line healthy and at full mast going into next week. And that's, that's a huge advantage because I think that that line on both sides of the football for the last couple of weeks has played a lot better than they have in the beginning
0: of the year. 1000% you say, I agree with you. And just going back to your point about, you know, bad quarterback play around the league. I think we got a clinic of, of that a little bit on Monday night football from a guy like yeah. Josh Allen, who. You know, MVP candidate the last few years has, you know, that big playability, but he's going to make mistakes. Like even the best players in the NFL are going to make mistakes. It is the hardest league in the world at the, in this, you know, profession, you, you, like you said, juice. you just have to learn how to win football games. Right. And. Let's be completely frank and honest with ourselves. When it comes to the quarterback position, right? I know Bears faithful, you and I are are both in that category as well. We sit here and we bitch and we moan that this Bears team can never get quarterbacks correct. And and that's partially true. But if you look around the rest of the league, there are really only right now, at least healthy, right? I mean, you see what the Jets are without Aaron Rodgers. There's only realistically – two quarterbacks in the NFL that really can just by being on the field, win you any, any given game. Right. And that's probably right now. That's probably Patrick Mahomes and like CJ Stroud. And that's it. That's, that's probably it. Even Josh Allen, the bills are five and five and not even in a playoff position through 10 weeks right now. Yeah. I'd put Joe
1: Burrow in that
0: too. Sure. Okay. I put Joe Burrow Joe Burr up there as well. But again, there's very few, right? There's, there's, it's a very exclusive club. And that's just the nature of the beast. It's the hardest position to play in any sport. You have the most responsibility. You have the most on the line at your position. But look at these teams like the 49ers who are winning games with not a shot at him, but with Brock Purdy, who was Mr. Irrelevant just a year ago in the NFL draft. Look at these teams. And again, not a shot at Jared Goff. I think he's a very good quarterback. And I think he got shat on uh, it, it, very wrongly for a long time. But look at the Detroit Lions right now, who are going to be the, the opponent we talk about at the end of this episode coming up for Sunday. Like, they are winning games because that is a complete football team. And you know what they do well, Juice? They run the football. They have weapons around their quarterback. And they have a stout offensive line and a really just bend-don't-break defense.
1: An identity.
0: Realistically, yes. you know, what's a
1: and it, it's such a great point that you make. Yeah, there's different ways to get wins, right? You either have that, and this is the way I've always looked at it. You could be Kansas City and have the Hall of Fame coach and the Hall of Fame quarterback. And if you're that, every single year you have a chance.
0: Belichick Belichick and Brady for the last 20 years. right?
1: Or you can have the Hall of Fame coach that puts the scheme together and a guy who is willing to run it. That's what you see in Goff and Brock Purdy and some of these guys. Or you can have just the the talent and a good at at the quarterback position and a really good defense and a good defensive head coach. The Bears have to figure out what they want to be going into this end of this season. And two, everybody talks about Chicago about how man they can't ever get the quarterback right. They can't ever get you know a good quarterback to go hand in hand with that. In our life, our lifetime, we don't get head coaches right either. So when you're looking at this, like, what is it? Is it the chicken or is it the egg? To me, a good coach is always going to get the best out of what he has on the roster. 100%. The Bears need to start there. Start at identifying who can run this franchise in the future. A guy who's gonna speak up in meetings, who's gonna help your younger GM, you know, go across, you know, this whole journey of him learning the ins and outs. And we've seen that with polls, but also too, like bringing in a guy who is a quarterback, who's willing to learn, willing to run a system that's tailored towards him. And the problem with this bears team always, and this is just from, you know, the the top of the, the rung all the way down is no one is ever on the same page. Mm -hmm. And now the problem is, is that you have a head coach in there, and a GM who did not draft Justin Fields, right. and now have the out of saying, "Well, that's not my guy." And if you give me my chance to draft my guy, we'll take this thing off. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. All of them need to be on the same page. That way, they're all accountable. And by the end of it, it's not that Spider-Man meme where everybody's pointing at each other. Get that's that. and this is the pro- this is the same song and dance the play the Bears have played pretty much my whole entire lifetime. Maybe yep. a. St- maybe a short period of time when Lovey was here, when it was like, hey, we know what we are. We know our quarterback's limited, but we're going to put ourselves in the best chance to, to win football games each and every Sunday by running the football and playing good defense. But you know what? The NFL's moved a little bit, and that quarterback needs to be a little better. You can still do that defense thing, but that, that NFL quarterback needs to be within that 10 to 12 range now, and that's kind of what you see with the Lions.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, I, I think that's incredibly well said. And Juice, while we're on the topic, just a really quick answer here before we uh, we start to dive into some other narratives here. Do, would you want to see Belichick in Chicago?
1: Hmm. How much power does he have? See, this is the problem. Probably when, a lot. Well, this is the problem. Anytime that you answer, would you want this guy? Yeah. The problem becomes how much power does Kevin Warren yeah. have? How much power does the new guy coming in have? Sure. I'm, I'm on that Harbaugh trade man. If they're going to let the mm-hmm. guy go to me, it seems like he'll speak up enough and work well enough to, with, with Ryan polls to where, you know, you got Kevin Warren with that big 10 background too, that I'm True. sure that they've, that would be the position where I look at mm-hmm. the front mm-hmm. office and I go, okay, You can, if you're willing to keep polls around, that's the move. Because then you have the checks and balances that are on the same page. And Ryan Poles could then be kind of, not mentored per se, he's the GM. Mm -hmm. But Harbaugh's been around the block a time or two and had that control that them working together, I feel way more confident than a rookie GM, which is probably what's going on with Ryan Poles, or not with a... with
0: uh, Matt Eberflus just saying, hey, this is what you got. Make it work. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. I I, I think the Harbaugh, the the Harbaugh idea is also interesting. I, I love the, the notion of the Big Ten connection. I think that goes understated with Kevin Warren and obviously the familiarity there with with Harbaugh being at Michigan all these years. But you also have a guy who's incredibly well-connected around the NFL that could potentially come in and take over. And if that be the case, then you can get the offensive coordinator you want to run a certain kind of system that could be tailored to, you know, maybe the OC does come in and say, no, we love Justin Fields. We can maximize him. Or maybe they say, no, let's go get X kid in and, and see what we can do here. So lots of opportunities there. But speaking of the quarterback position, Juice, because it is the most important football, the man quarterback one, JF one, whatever you want to call him, is going to return this week against the Detroit lions in week 11. So Tyson Bagent, with his two and two record as a starter heads to the bench for the time being Um, and fields returns. He's got seven weeks now to effectively prove to the front office, to the coaching staff, to whatever bodies it might be that he needs to prove himself to. Uh, is he the quarterback here long-term or if he is going somewhere else, this is his time to put on a show for a, another potential suitor that would want to bring in Justin Fields as, you know, Again, I think the ba- the best comparison is like a Ryan Tannehill situation. I know Q brought that up on the show here a couple weeks ago, but – it, I mean, it's going to be an interesting week juice because not only is, is fields healthy practiced for the, f- the, in full for the first time since that thumb got dislocated against the Vikings on Wednesday today, when we're recording this show. Um, but it, as Scott also notes here as well, Nate Davis practiced in full for the first time, uh, after a couple weeks off with injury. And he says the best O-line of the season will be on for fields this week, um, Blasting game is back and helping with protection as well. He says fields going to go for 250 plus four combined tugs. He says three passing, one rushing. I-, I would love four combined tugs, even if it was two and two. I don't really care either way. But I think the 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 key here is, is this is the probably the best version of the Bears offense we're going to get all season. At least in a silo, right? Obviously, a lot of shit can go wrong. But in a silo, you look at this and say, okay, you know. You, you have Braxton Jones is finally back. Now you have Kevin Jenkins returning to left guard and he's been sensational all year long. Patrick has been whatever, but they just don't have anybody to play center at this point. Right guard will be Davis again. And Darnell Wright has been a fucking trooper just battling through injuries the whole season. And like he just doesn't care. He's still getting the job done. He's been an absolute freak over there. Right tackle. And assuming that Foreman and and Herbert are back this week, both limited right now. Herbert wasn't activated last week when he could have been off the IR because of that ankle injury. Apparently, there's now a shin issue as well, according to Wednesday's injury report. Who knows? But Roshan's healthy. Homer's healthy. You'll probably have one of those two backs back this week as well. This is – and Blazing Game practice full. This is – the best version of the Bears offense that we're probably going to see all year. It's also the first time you're going to see them without Chase Claypool in the mix as well. So factor in more Cole Komet, more, again, this is, in my humble opinion, I agree with Scott, this is probably the best version, not just of the O-line, but of the offense that we're going to see for the Bears this year. And of course, it comes against their toughest opponent by far so far in Detroit. I mean, how? What? what is your kind of thought and expectation, Juice, coming into this game now that Fields is back, and the offense looks as healthy as it has really all season long.
1: Yeah, this is this is Justin Fields' best chance to do things. Too. He's been sitting for a while. Do you know those legs are healthy? You know, obviously, you know, he talked today about his thumb and, and, and the things with that that were going on and the strength and how he wanted to play on Thursday. But, you know, the doctors kind of said, hey, you should wait it out. You know, you'll get the extra rest. And But, I mean, realistically, like if Justin can't do it now, I don't I don't know if it's ever gonna happen. Even the defenses that they're gonna play down the stretch here in the final seven games are nothing to be you know squawked at, but there's opportunity there. Even mm-hmm. on this Sunday's game. You know, you watched Justin Herbert go up and down the field on Sunday against that, that Lions team too. And that defense is you know, it's 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 got some holes in it, it's got some opportunities for you. I just I struggle back and forth with like I obviously want Justin. To, feel, to play very well over the course of these last seven games. sure. But I don't know if Justin playing well for them matters in terms of him being on the roster anymore because I think that there's a good chance that they've already made their decision, that they've already kind of looked at this and said, you know, Justin doesn't play a lot of football games. He gets hurt a lot. Realistically, over the course of his NFL career, he hasn't been out there nearly enough. He, he plays a reckless style of football where he holds football pretty often, takes a lot of hits, takes a lot of punishment. And I just talked about it earlier, man. There's there's an opportunity for some of these guys within the front office to separate from the fact that, that Justin Fields was a guy that was just there when they took this job. Sure. And I feel like Justin at the end of it may end up being this sacrificial lamb that we're kind of talking about. That where maybe he goes somewhere else and he gets to sit and watch for a season behind a, a backup quarterback, kind of what Matt Nagy and and company wanted to do his first year. You know, they wanted him to sit behind Andy Dalton and, and watch, and they didn't want to press him into the, but within four weeks, you know, there's an injury to Andy Dalton. He's got to play. So I I sit, and I I hope Justin has these great games and, and I definitely think that it'll help. You know, having a guy like Cole Komet, who's kind of established himself over the course of these last couple of weeks. But the the problem becomes, you know, did Justin watch enough to to understand, you know, taking your singles sometimes? And we're about to talk Cubs baseball later today, <laughs> but taking your singles sometimes is a good move. You know, yeah. we we don't need you holding on to the ball to, you know, book for the big play every single day. Time we, we ask you to throw sometimes four yards in a cloud of dust is just exactly what you need so I sit and I, I hope and I, I know everybody laughed about oh he should be studying Tyson Baygent I don't think that it meant like he should be studying the way he plays the position I think it more meant in terms of scheme and when Justin watches oh look how quickly he goes to that check down and he, he goes through his progressions That's something that Justin can add to his game. And I think even today in Justin's presser, he came out and said, he's like, yeah, sure. Absolutely. I watched, I watched him. I hopefully can take some things that he did well, but remember Justin's different, but Justin also has to remember that playing the way that he played over the course of college and he's played over the course of his career is not going to get teams excited to jump at him to trade for him. And this is win-win for the bears. In my opinion, if he plays well, he works his way into the conversation of maybe we don't need to draft a quarterback. Mm -hmm. If he also plays well, it works in the conversation of maybe we can ask for a first round pick opposed to asking for a second or a third. And if he doesn't play well, then you do know that they're going to lose a lot of football games down the stretch here Mm -hmm. and your picks only going to get better. So these last seven games it's win-win, but you know what, for Justin, he just needs to go out there and say, screw it. I got seven games to prove it. I got seven days to audition for the NFL. I got seven days to audition for the Bears. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna I'm gonna play for I'm gonna play my game and I'm gonna play the way that I think that the offense should look when I go out every day. And I hope that Luke Etsy, over the course of these last couple of weeks too, sat with Justin when they had all this time and said, yeah. Hey, what do you like to do?
0: Yeah, and there was also a report that came out today too that Fields said that he would kind of, you know, ask Getsy, like, Hey, in this situation, like what were you thinking with this play call? Like what, what is the, the situational kind of thought process that goes into what you're doing? And hopefully again, you know, that improves the play down these last seven weeks. And I think we could quickly put to bed the whole, like Tyson Bajan should start over fields thing. Cause no. that's not the case. Fields is the superior athlete. He's the superior talent. Bajan was gun shy to throw the ball downfield. And when he did, it was horribly inaccurate. And it was often for incompletions. So, you know, Bajant is that, Hey, I'm going to run it and just take what the defense gives me kind of guy, which again, as you noted at the top of the show, juice, that's great to have in a backup quarterback, very serviceable, I I like Tyson Bajan I think for what he is and and that's great but now you're hoping that Justin Fields saw the like hey sometimes it's okay just to take the check down but I bet you also saw the plays of like oh shit Tyler Scott was wide open I would have absolutely drilled that deep ball down there and maybe finally now you get kind of that feeling from Fields of being more of a balanced quarterback in the sense of not balanced in the sense of, Oh, he's going to run and he's going to pass just in the sense of knowing when to take your shots and, and hold on to the ball, maybe a second longer and try to make that big play versus, Hey, I just got to get rid of it because the pressure's coming. And I hope too juice. I hope the one, uh, one other thing that we see more of, because we saw a lot of this with Tyson Bajan, he was not afraid to take off and run. No. And, but he was also smart about it not taking big hits, not, you know, not just kind of taking what the defense gives him. fields being faster fields, being the more superior athlete probably does more sometimes on those scrambles than a Tyson Bajant does. But again, it's just more. So like you said, the ins and outs of working through the system to be smart, to keep yourself healthy. And again, if Justin Fields can keep himself healthy and not hold on to the ball as long on a regular basis, because there's going to be times where he does and that is a part of his game that people need to accept. He can absolutely, I think, become a quarterback. Maybe they do talk about, hey, we don't need a QB and we have two top six picks. Let's go load up. Let's go get Marvin Harrison Jr. and another, you know, maybe another lineman or another defensive player to continue to improve this team. Who knows? Um, And Scott, echoing what we just said here, Bajan is a quality backup. Absolutely agreed. Juice, while we're on the topic here, we talked a little about the O-line. We talked a little bit about Fields returning. This is going to be an interesting game though. And you mentioned some of the defenses coming up the, the bears see Detroit twice in the next three weeks, just a weird way. The schedule works out. They get to see Minnesota up in Minnesota, the best defense by far the bears will see all year will be at Cleveland. That's in week 15. Uh, and then it, comes down to the wire with the Cardinals, Falcons, and Packers the rest of the way then for the Bears. So this is probably one of the best teams the Bears are going to see here down the stretch. Now, the Vikings have obviously won a lot of games with Josh Dobbs, but you don't know necessarily if that's going to continue over the course of the rest of the season. The Cardinals are pretty poor, minus Kyler Murray effectively at this point. The Falcons are this weird middling team that, Show promise but can't get the job done. The Packers are the Packers. And, again, it's really – it's the Lions and the Browns are the best teams down the stretch here. I want you, Juice, to give me a quick prediction. Seven games. What's the win-loss record for these Bears after these next seven? I I
1: think they're going to go like three and four. I really do. And and I think that Justin will flash – I think there'll be games, just like we said against you know the Commanders. that so were like, man, like he looks. But I also think that there's going to be times where we go, man, like we just we need to start. And and I think I think three and four is fair. I think that they can, I think they can beat Arizona, and that'll be a game too that I'm sure everyone's checked out and done. Um, I I, I think that they can beat Minnesota. And they don't scare me, but. They're playing good football as of late.
0: Yep, um, and they should get Jay Jennings back by the time. Yeah, the, the
1: Falcons. You know, you can win that one. They're they're not impressive, very impressive in my opinion. But I don't think that they're going to. I think they're going to lose two to Detroit, and even two. Like at the end of the year, they they play Green Bay again, and that's Jordan Love's not good. You know, so I mean, it's. I think three and four is is. Pretty realistic. It wouldn't surprise me if it's like two and five, but I mean, I don't see them. I know, I know. DJ Moore was at six seventy the score a couple of days ago. Like, hey, we go, we go seven and oh, we can find, we can find our way there. Eh, I don't know.
0: I mean, in <laughs> um, theory, they could.
1: Yeah, th- right. And <laughs> like, and I could, and I could go to the to the corner, you know, liquor store and purchase a lottery ticket and you know and- win the lottery, but. I don't think that's going to happen. You know, those right. are, the right. odds are, but I mean, I'll say this over the course of the last couple of weeks. And I thought, you know, since the Montez sweat trade, the bears have been a little more promising. I won't say that I've enjoyed watching the bears in the last couple of weeks since Montez sweat, but I do see some type of a plan. And that's what worried me for forever, that, you know, it was just kind of aimlessly like, what are we trying to do here? Yeah. And now I kind of see, you know, they're going to have this line healthy. They're they're working towards, you know, getting pressure on the quarterback. They're bringing people in. And, Ron, you know this more than anybody. You played football. You know. You win games at the line of scrimmage. That's, that's how you win football games. The team that has better, better offensive line play nine, nine times out of ten, if you protect the football usually wins. And I respect polls for looking at it and go, you know what, for so long, and even going back to the lovey days, we were very weak on the offensive line. We cheaped out on that, tried to bring in playmakers, tried to, you know, stock the the secondary and linebackers. And, you know, there was a lot of money that went around to places that it shouldn't have. And now you look at it and you go, okay, I get what you're doing. I, Mm -hmm. I now see the plan, which I think is, it's, it's better than it was,
0: you know, three or four weeks ago. 100%. I, I agree. I, I think too, you're seeing it right now in the NFL as well, right? Like these teams every year you see them in free agency, spending big money on offensive linemen. It was like, why would you pay a, a player that doesn't get the football? And you're seeing exactly why look at the best teams in football. What do they all have in common? Very good offensive lines. The Chiefs have a, a pretty solid offensive line. It's it's taken a couple of hits over the years because of losing some guys just because they can't afford everybody. But you know, even with what they've done, they're they're still putting together a, a solid offensive line unit. The Eagles are arguably the best offensive line in football, and you see it on paper with their record and how they're playing right now. And even the Lions. Yeah, and that's the 49ers. A, I mean, yeah, the 49ers, 49ers got gutted and they lost a couple guys in the
1: free agency this offseason. still able to run the football. Yeah. They, run
0: that system. they, they regrouped, they drafted some guys. They, they identified, you know, good offensive linemen earlier in the draft and brought them in. And they've, they filled admirably alongside some of their studs like Trent Williams and such. But like, I think, you know, just in a, in a tunnel vision with week 11 on the mind, like the lions are a perfect example of that. Right. Remember the year that everybody's all, oh, they're going to take, you know, They could, you know, Jamar Chase might be there. Oh, there's so many good playmakers. No, they take Penny Sewell, and everybody's like, okay. Like, it's not flashy. Yeah, but him and Taylor Decker are arguably the maybe the best tackle duo in football that isn't the Eagles, right? Yeah. It it, it same goes on the rest of the offensive line. You know, Glasgow and and, and all these other guys, Ragnow, and, and the guys they have on that offensive line, they've invested there. And Jared Goff is one of the least touched quarterbacks in football. As a result of it, and guess what? When your quarterback is all the time in the fucking world to deliver the football, good things are going to happen. And I, I'm I'm a I'm a firm believer that I would rather as a team you can find the Eddie Jacksons in the fourth round. You can find the the Jaquan Briskers and stuff like that in the middle of the rounds of the draft. You're you could find you know you can go out and get the DJ Moors of the world and stuff that they've done. You could pay those guys, but if you can draft well on the offensive line, and then you can fill in where you couldn't fill in via the draft, i.e., the Montez sweat trade. I know, I know it got poo pooed by, you know, some former mind you front office personnel around the league uh, about giving up a second round pick. But in fairness, I don't know if the bears find a guy at 36, 37, 38 in this upcoming draft. That's had the same impact as a Montez sweat so far. So, it just goes to show, right? Poles was willing to take a big swing and upgrade a position they needed. Now, your unique Ngakwe signing looks better because of Montez Sweat being on the field. Justin Jones looks better at the three technique when he's out there. The rookies look better because they're not being double teamed as often. And even Andrew Billings, who's been incredible, by the way, for the Bears, is the one technique has been able to get the job done. They continue to invest in this offensive line. That's why I think a lot of people think they might take an offensive lineman with one of their two top first round picks just to continue to beef up that unit if you have a good offensive line good shit happens and one of the top examples of that you are seeing it right now with their opponent coming up this week in the Detroit Lions if you can protect the quarterback good shit's gonna happen for your offense because he's got time to do what your system's intended to do and that's something that admittedly sure yes sacks at times are on the quarterback if he holds the football too long and I know that's a big a big You know, argument of why Justin Fields can't be a great quarterback and blah 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 blah. And you know, people that think that they know the game and I'm doing something that you can't see on the camera, you know where I'm going with this. But the key, if he can sit back there and confidently throw the football and go through his reads and progressions, then all of a sudden he looks phenomenal, right? We spent the whole 2022 season watching Justin Fields run for his fucking life half the time because they couldn't (laughs) block a lick. But guess what? When they did block a lick. And they finally started to look at least okay. He had some of his best games as a quarterback in the NFL. That's why I'm actually kind of excited for Sunday's game. Do I think they're going to win? Probably not. But, again, just those building blocks you talked about at the top of the show, Juice, right? That win that actually feels like they're building for the future. This is a game that, although they might not win could be one that builds for the future, either in multiple facets, right? You'll start to identify what you need to target in the NFL draft. You'll start to identify what direction this team needs to go in the offseason. But you have the opportunity now with a healthy offensive line, as Scott noted a little bit earlier, a a, a healthy Justin Fields for the first time. This offense finally starting to have some level of an identity, like you said, Juice. Maybe, just maybe, this could be a game where maybe it's like the Chargers-Lions game where it comes down to a last-second field goal. And maybe the Bears are on the wrong side of the score, but at least they put up a hell of a fight against arguably one of the best teams in football right now.
1: So you're saying lose 31-28 for the rest of the year? Maybe. Hey, I'm okay with that. That's a fun loss, though, James. I, I just – you know, I say it, and I hate to keep bringing it up. It comes on tap, but we're on the mic so often on shameless,
0: that. Shameless plug, if you're listening along, we'll be live in about an hour and a half over there.
1: But do you remember when they were losing so many? The Cubs were losing so many games in May, and I said, "Just lose differently." Entire watching <laughs> the same. That's where I met with the Bears. Yeah, be excited. Lose, lose differently, mm-hmm. and that's. I, I don't want to be coming on to this show next week and being like, "It was the same shit over and over and over." I mean, it's 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 funny how we sit and and, and we di- dissect this, but realistically, Bears football hasn't changed very much all year this year, right? No. It's it's, it's the same song and dance, but like I said earlier, those building blocks are kind of showing it. and on Sunday, it was just it was nice to see them run the football or on Thursday. It was nice to see them run the football. It was nice to see them, you know, do some things that realistically I, I think that they can have success, need more success that they did with Tyson Bajet mm-hmm. with Justin Fields. And at least maybe they're identifying that a little bit and having this extra time and knowing Justin's healthy. Maybe that sets up for something that we'll see on Sunday that is different than what we've seen. And maybe we can, you know, come on this show next week and go, all right. They took the time when he was injured. They sat with him. They had these meetings, you know, in in these bye weeks per se for him. Mm -hmm. And they tailored things to his liking. And look, it's, it's paying off dividends. And now we can sit here and go, if we can add a Marvin Harrison Jr., we can add that left tackle or maybe we can get that inside three technique to go on that front front line on the defense and maybe we can grab another you know ball hawking safety or corner because we think eddie Jackson's getting a little older you know on the later rounds now you start to look at this and go all right abroflus or all right whoever they're bringing in next year this thing's ready to roll this isn't yeah. this isn't far off and I love Detroit. I think Detroit's a pretty good football team. I've enjoyed watching them, mm-hmm. but I, they're not—they're not world beaters. They're, they can be beaten. They have holes in their defense, and they have some problems. They're going in the right direction, but I don't know. They're this deep. This division is still pretty wide open, and that's why I sit and I hope, you know, if the if the Bears can make just one or two or three moves that that set them up over the course of these last couple seven games, man. It's, it, I just want to be excited for next year, and that's 100%. that's something we tried to be this year, fell flat on our face. Yeah, but, but you know what? It's it's possible that you know with some moves, it's it's a better outcome this year than next. One
0: hundred percent, juice. Year than, than yeah, next I know. Year than this year. We we feel you. We feel you, uh, juice. I want to leave us with one more comment here before we do put the uh, the forward looking. Um, goggles on and and talk a little bit about this Lions game at least comes from our friend Scott in the comments here (laughs) he says chicken noodle soup analogy I know you would appreciate this juice a great soup has the holy trinity an O-line, a D-line, and he calls it a kicker. Okay, I'm, I'm fine with that. We could probably say special teams as a whole. They give if you have a good special teams unit, you're, you're going to win a lot of football games. It just is what it is. Then you got the chicken, which is your quarterback, the noodles, which are your receivers and DBs, and I'm assuming running backs will throw in there as well, and tight ends, and spices, which is just everything else, right? All the the depth and the intricacies of a team. And he goes, uh, you know, Poles just needs to get the recipe right. And I, I agree. Grandma. Yeah, he just needs to get, you know, Craig Council's grandma's soup uh, thing there. If you couldn't tell, folks, we've got Cubs offseason on the mind because the Cubs are – there's a lot of shit going on. And, again, shameless plug. If you want to listen in, uh, be sure to do so. <laughs> my, my mood without beer. I have that same cup juice. South Bend Cubs love that cup. Love that cup. But as Scott said at the top of the show, and this is how we're going to transition into our last segment here, Juice, and that is big game hunting season is starting on Sunday. He said he's looking for a lion rug for the library. The bears traveled to Ford field for a, I believe it's a noon kickoff and I'm going to confirm that really quick. Yes, it is. It's a noon kickoff on Sunday, November 19th. Um, this one will be on Fox for those that are watching. Uh, if you're a red zone, habitual red zone watcher, like I am, you'll need two TVs for this one. Um, but Juice, Score prediction. What happens on Sunday here as the Bears take on the Lions for the first time in the 2023 season? I think the
1: Lions win this one 34-20. It's going to be an up and down coming back getting used to playing again Justin Fields in my opinion. I think we'll see some good. I think we'll see some bad. Um I'm more ready to circle, you know, those next Six after this than I am this one because I think this is Detroit's just a terrible matchup for the Bears realistically um it's it's just they're going to be able to run the football I think they're going to be able to throw it and I think uh if the Bears have to put up big points to win this one just doesn't bode well for us right I mean we've sat in these these chairs long enough to know that this offense usually doesn't put up 30 plus and this this Detroit team coming in is very
0: capable of doing that and in a hurry. So yeah, I, uh, 34, 34, 20. I like it. I agree, man. Uh, I'm interested to see how hard David Montgomery runs for the first time playing against his old team. Uh, he's healthy. He's back. Jameer Gibbs has looked really good. I mean, they've got two weapons in that backfield. Uh, you have Sam Laporta, you have Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, that is a loaded offense that just not, does not bode well for the Bears. No Tremaine Edmonds either, so you got to figure there's going to be a mismatch on whoever is guarding Laporta this week because Edmonds did not practice on Wednesday. Probably looking like he'll miss another game with that injury. Um, I agree with you. I think this one ultimately goes to the Lions. I think it might be a little closer than people expect. I- I'm wondering if the-, the Lions are maybe riding high after that crazy win over the Chargers last week. Maybe they, they kind of underestimate the Bears just a hair. I'd like to think a Dan Campbell team isn't going to do that, but you never know. And then we're starting to get into the dog days of the season where, you know, you could, this is the time where if you're not fully ready for a team, they could beat you. I'm not saying the Bears are going to win this one. I think they're going to scare the Lions, though, at least a little bit, just like a mouse would scare an elephant. Um, and in this case, I think it's it's going to be close. I could see this coming down to like a 34 to 30 type game. Really, I, I think if Justin Fields looks good and looks healthy, I think this could be a shootout. It's in a dome, so you don't have to worry about elements either. Um, but I'll, I'll say 34 30 with uh, the line still hanging on and and sweating a little bit walking out of this one, like, well, we can't let that happen again against a Montes, has so sweating. Montes sweating their way out of the building, yeah, something <laughs> like that. Uh, but juice. Just- Before we get out of here, I want to remind everybody bears on tap is one of two official podcasts here at the on tap sports network covering your Chicago bears. Check out our friends over at the bears nation pod. They do a great job. They should be live today. I believe uh, unless they have changed their normal scheduling, be sure to check them out as well. They're at bears nation pod on the socials. Be sure to check us out as well at bears on tap on the socials. You know, the drill, we got both baseball teams covered. Juice and I will be live tonight over on Cubs uh, with the whole barn. We got all the boys coming in. So do tune in. It'll be a fun
1: one.
0: Full, Barn episode for us. That'll be a fun one. The Sox guys got it locked down over at Sox on Tap. Uh, and the Bulls guys as well as the Blackhawks guys have it going on at Bulls on Tap and Four Feathers, respectively. And as always, the On Tap Sports Network. I on tap sports and on the socials www.ontapsportsnet.com. Check out what's on tap in Chicago sports Juice, always a pleasure, buddy, talking Bears football with you. Bears get a win on Thursday Night Football over the Panthers. It was fun being there in person. Uh, Tough test ahead this week. Justin Fields returns against the Lions for Week 11, Uh, and we'll be back with you next Tuesday with our friend Q joining us as well, and we'll talk all things Bears football after another NFC North rivalry. Juice, as always, buddy, we'll get out here. Bear down. FTP. (laughs) Hehehehehehehehehe <laughs>